Let me hit the record. We're, we're not, there we we're go. not getting started just yet. We're just we're just talking to each other. Oh, don't record. I know we're live, but like it's not like we've officially started. Okay. I mean, have we? Oh God. Anyway, welcome everybody to the first episode of So Did You Like It? A movie podcast. I'm Squaren. I'm joined with you wanna introduce yourself? No. I mean I am Kaz. A part of Second Respawn, an overall insufferable guy. I thought that was just like implied by the name alone, but I'm glad you put that out for me. No problem. I like how when you talk for a second, your head becomes translucent. You can see O'Connell's face. It's almost like he's wearing a mask that's slowly like disappearing. Yeah, we are currently live on Second Respawn's channel. This is how we're going to be doing it. We're going to be recording it on their channel. Well, then we will edit it and put it out in other formats and it'll be fun and awesome. Hopefully, uh, we start out with The Mummy, 1999, uh, directed and written by Stephen Summers, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. I call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. Everyone in this movie is just so fucking hot. That's just the first thing you have to point out about this movie. It's true. The, 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 I mean, like, am I am I wrong? The male leads hot. The female leads hot. The side characters are hot. The bad guys are hot. The mummies are hot. The statues are hot. That one's even missing a nose, and it's, it's still hot. It is still hot. Even the statue of Anubis is just like super hot. Like what's like, you know, you always think about like uh, the, the the thing about like body standards in movies. But let's be real. Everyone is just fucking hot in this movie. And we all wish we could just be anyone in this movie. I mostly like my hero, Benny. He epitomizes all of what I hope to accomplish as a coward. Yeah, I guess. Wh- who is Benny? your like actual favorite character of the movie. Uh, I don't know. It's really hard to beat the charisma and the raw sexual energy of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, raise a glass to Brendan Fraser. Let me just get, <laughs> like, just get him going for Like, him. he does the lead role really, really well. He's a lovable himbo, just so lovable. But Benny is what I what I aspire to be as a coward. <laughs> it's just... It's... You know what I just realized, and this is what we should have watched the movie with the idea of? We should have compared this one-to-one to National Treasure. Oh my god. Fuck, that would have been brilliant. <laughs> Just scene by scene with National Treasure. Are they like the same length <laughs> as well in in uh in time? They might in runtime. They might be. I don't know. Are you saying we should have seen it side by side? Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so gosh. I have to say, this movie was like a movie that was constantly in rotation when I was a kid. Like, no, it did, didn't matter. It didn't matter if we had Harry Potter or The Lion King or anything else. Someone would sooner or later just be like, why aren't we watching The Mummy right now? Or at least The Mummy 2. We could be watching The Mummy 2 right now, at least. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I saw it. And then, like, I think this is fucking how old we are. I think we had a VHS of it. And so we used to watch that a couple times. Then we got on DVD because that was the new shit. And yeah, we used to watch that a few times. Uh, And then, yeah, just long forgot about it. Didn't really watch it much. And then, like, I re-saw it. Uh, a while back, for, for some reason, it just I got the mood to watch it, and then yeah, we just rewatched it right now. I think it's great how American this movie is too. It's it so shows the America, the good and the bad. 
I just I love while we were watching this movie, every time someone was like dual wielding a pistol, it was just like America. Like you well, had to point it out, just like America. <laughs> I mean, you got the great scene, dude. After the after you watched the movie, and we had some people on Discord, we listened to America, fuck yeah, and had an existential crisis. <laughs> It was bad. Uh, but, like, yeah, you have the part in the boat where, like, the Magi have snuck onto the boat, and they're attacking people with just with just blade weapons. That's what they just went with. And so you got a bunch of people screaming and running, and the boat's on fire. And rather than jump off the boat and, you know, try to swim to safety, the Americans just kick over a table, and they're just there shooting Magi down, man. <laughs> yeah, like, no wondering. It's just, like, of our own personal safety. Like, let's just get off the boat. Just, like, there are people to kill. Let's kill these people. Yeah, this is a movie that you go back to. It's a comfort movie. It's that. It's like that wine you get on a special. It's like $12. <laughs> and you don't always feel good about yourself when you put it on. But you always go back to it because it just, it tastes like home. That's <laughs> such a better metaphor that I was going to go with. I was like, oh yeah, it's like warm and comfy. Like you're a scarab burrowing under the skin of a fresh human body. <laughs> Okay, speaking of Scarab, I learned a fun fact about this film. So apparently in the original cut, to explain the whole, like, Scarabs that have been lost in time in this pyramid, in in Hamanoptera, was because, like, the Scarabs that forced their way down Emotep's throat while he was being cursed and, like, was eating him from the inside got the same exact curse he got. So just live an eternal life, constantly hungry. Just like basically mini Wendigo scarabs just walking around constantly ready to eat. Then that was something they cut? That was something that was like in the early scripts, yeah. I always I always got the assumption as a kid that the scarabs were like for some reason sand activated. Like, you know, the first guy he drops one in the sand and then it springs to life. So I thought they were just dormant until they hit sand. Uh, but then we were rewatching it, and one of them just pops alive in Jonathan's hand. And I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong about that. And so now that, I guess, kind of explains it. Yeah, no, that's that's why. <clears throat> like, even though they were, like, encrusted in some weird cocoon thing that they created that they shouldn't be able to create, I guess. like It's like petrified wood or something. They just calcified or something. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy things about this movie that, like, could have happened that didn't happen. And then, like, a lot of things that choices they made that was just like weird like so apparently uh when emotep <laughs> finally goes full human and uh the characters see him in his like perfect form rachel weiss was supposed to look at him and just be like my god he's beautiful we don't need to point that out that- it's like yeah, don't worry arnold veloss is hot we all know I it. Mean- we all are looking at him and just like Fuck, I would get down with this mummy. I mean, yeah, that's true. He is hot, but how weird would it have been if she's like, oh, oh no, get away from me to, oh no, get away from me. That would have been too <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> I think it's a good change to not he have her, to not, <laughs> to not <laughs> suddenly be down with like this weird sacrificial thing because mummy hot. <laughs> it's, it's. It's like the, he became, he would have become that meme where it's just like, if you don't like me in my mummy form, you don't deserve me at my like peak oh, hotness. Form. But he's hot through all the, the whole course of it, man. <laughs> Which actually brings us to like, like the first slide we want to bring up in our fun little game. Uh, 
Can we bring up the first little slide that we have for our, uh, well, we our have, hot or not? Yeah, we have no introduction slide for this, so it's just going to be you asking me, as you did during the movie, uh, I know. whether or not the people and the creatures were hot or not. Well, like 10 minutes in, I think this is a good a good time to bring it up. So, I have them listed here. Nan has them listed here in order of gooiness. Okay. This okay. is not my now, ranking for what's the hottest. I want you to bring it up. Tell me why it's hot and like rank that gooiness for me and why it's there. I want I want some visceral okay. description. Here's what I'm going to go with actually. <laughs> I'm going to go with not my number 1 answer. I'm going to start with... No, 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 I don't want your number one. I want your lowest. I want, I want to go up. Okay, yeah, we're only going up from here, baby. So... Oh, hell yeah. Right here. Talk to me about that, daddy. Well, this is the lowest, because, you know, it's it's a, it looks a little dry. It looks like you'd be, like, hugging bark and, like, you know... But he's got those eyes. He's got eyes and some teeth going for him. The the Now, here's the thing. I'm going to have a weird... Have a weird... Oh, yes, it's been so long. <laughs> Listen, not all of us have a have a, a significant other while we're in quarantine, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare fucking take this out on me. But, it's not my fault that these mummy, this mummy obviously has just like fuck me eyes right now. Here's okay? a question. You look at me right now and I see it. It's penetrating the soul, okay? I'm with you here. Wanted to penetrate more than my soul, brother. <laughs> so here's the thing though. <laughs> Looking at his eyes, he took the eyes of the guy who needed glasses. Does that mean Emotep's going to have blurry vision? Was he well, going to need glasses, too? No, I think it's because it's he's, he's magic, you know? It's like, just, it's just, magic. it's a part of the ritual. He doesn't exactly get his eyes. He just absorbs eye juice and gets new eyes. He gets his eyes from the eye juice. Uh, yeah, I guess it would have been weird because then we took other people's skins. He would have been like a patchwork dude. I get it. That makes sense. So this is why this is lowest. All he's got. <laughs> looks like an American. All like, he's got going is those like an darling eyes. So we move on to the number. Wait, he's got a tongue. He's got a tongue. Don't forget that. He gets. And now, let's. Let's 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 save that. Let's let's not go That's straight true. into part two. Let's get the tongue. You're right. Now explain this. Explain the gooiness of this guy to me. He, like bit. I said, he's not all that gooey. Like this one makes him look a little shiny. But when we were watching the movie, I was like, that guy looks like just a fucking tree bark dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was that was the first bit of that. We'll we'll come back to that. But we'll that, come back. Little of that. All right. <laughs> that and was... he's and he's not he's not the most convincing CGI. It doesn't quite hold up. Here's some slightly better CGI. And here's something that I could be like, okay, look, it looks vaguely human, you know? We talked about, like, sexy cryptids on uh, date night last time, and uh, we were like, you know, mummies and zombies are acceptable depending on how they're depicted. I mean, look, I don't want to be the guy to say it, but, like, that face has two holes that I see entry at. It's got more than two holes. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, someone else is talking about this. And so, well, no, you just look at the side of his cheek. It's just, it's just ripped to shreds, man. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, squaring, says Sarah. All right. Um, now, I am not the one that thought of it. All right. Now, we don't know what's going on in this slideshow right Once now. again, it's like this, it's the, la it's the lower half. It's still not quite there. I also, I don't know what junkie's working with, man. What do we got? 
<laughs> you know, um, but you know, it's glorious look, as you would imagine. Look, he's starting to even develop some fashion sense. He's not just a weird naked mummy running around. So you know, he's got he's, he's doing it up, son. He's doing it up. Uh, frankly, he does have a scene where a scarab crawls out of his cheek and then he eats it. Um, that's not the greatest. So you know, but it looks humanish now. He's getting there. Hey, man, look. Okay, all I'm saying is. You can eat an insect. There, there's a source of protein. It's fine. I feel Look, like is that a passive aggression? Because those are the scarabs that ate him. If you have been dead for thousands of years, and you just woke up, aren't you a little hungry? Given a little what, hangry, Aiden. I mean, a little hangry. No, I can't actually eat in the morning. I feel sick in my stomach when I wake up. <laughs> I can't. No. Hey, technically, it was the middle of the night. Well, that's not what you asked. He was woken up. Now you're changing. Right, so, so this is like this is like midnight snack kind of situation here like he's pretty hangry also as you just mentioned one of the previous scripts like the cherubs are now eternal because they ate from they went inside his mouth and like all that shit so is this like Mm -hmm. a weird passive aggression that he's just eating it back yeah he's like it's like slowly he needs the jars to get it but he also needs to eat certain scarabs it's like it's like he's in multiple pieces all around and he has to absorb them back he's basically an anime shonen character from like a fantasy world right okay i all right. <laughs> That's acceptable, I think. Look, basically all I'm saying is everything ties back to anime. Just give me five minutes and three drinks and I'll get you there. I, like I said, we should have gone uh, gone with this uh, under like the idea of comparing it to National Treasure. All right. So let me go with, I think, pretty uncontested, though. I did pick maybe an unflattering photo. <laughs> we got that. Ah! <laughs> and... Wait, uh- what are you? Are you not seeing it? There you go. And this is a whole ass human man. And as you said before, this is a handsome human man. Like you're not so, you. This is look. You have broken a law here, Kaz, and I need to explain it. You never show off someone's vinegar strokes. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> is he gooey? No, we're not rating them by gooeyness. It's more like sexiness. But I do have a surprise at the end. He's not really it's gooey. It's it's more of like a hot or not situation. Yeah. And this is a There's hot man. He's not hot. Let's this, be real. This is a hot man. Like I said, I didn't pick the most flattering picture of him. I was actually going to pick one that was much worse. But, uh, you know, this will do. Anyways, it's, it's yeah. Like you want to make happen in real life. You know, you wouldn't kick him out of bed. He was even written in the script to say, you know, she was supposed to be like, ooh. Oh, wait. <laughs> what a beautiful man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, right. So, not much to add to this one. He's in the top half because... It just looks like a handsome dude. Like, <laughs> but now I so give. We go, from, we go from the first mummy dry, from when he dry, up, absolutely dry. dry. So we go to his second form, where after that's after he's absorbed the professor, which yeah. is that one, which that that professor character, like the the guy that like you, you don't know his name, you don't know his name, and I should look him up right now and apologize for it, but you know him from other movies. You've oh. seen him all the time. Yeah, he was the the butler in Richie Rich. He was the dad in Jumanji. Also, Jonathan the- Hyde. There you go. You there know him. Go. You've seen him in things. He was an anaconda too, man. I'm so sorry. <gasps> he girl. was an anaconda. <laughs> We gotta watch Anaconda. Okay, okay, back to it. Actually, Jonathan Voigt is fucking off the rails crazy in it, that movie. I mean, that's the reason. Do <laughs> I need to give you another reason? So, now I give this award. This may seem like going backwards, but as Sarah alluded oh, wow. to, asking hey. if he was gooey, I give 
are this award to what I call the gooeyest puppet. Look at the goo on this beautiful boy here. He doesn't have the eyes, but what he makes up for it, he makes up for it in just sheer sheen. Now, I need a towel right now, good sir. (laughs) So for the people that won't be able to see this, we go from he wakes up to after the doctor sequence where he's like a half a face to fully formed beautiful man to as soon as they open sarcophagus, gooeyest boy, no sense of life, but just like those hollowed out eyes where eyes were still scream. <laughs> oh, baby, I will show you a night. See, because when he gets CGI, like I said, he looks like a weird dry tree bark. This is a gooey boy that you can get behind <laughs> or in front of. I don't know. What are your preferences? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have introduced this. Now I feel like I'm scared to be near you now, Kaz. Sir, I work with you. We're gonna What's do going the on? same thing when we watch the thing. Oh, I cannot wait. But look, <laughs> my, my takeaway from the mummy altogether is popcorn action is the best way to put it. Popcorn adventure. Yes. And you love it. But honestly, anyone in this cast can fuck. Yeah, Jeez. they can. Uh, I thought you were going to say the takeaway is Kaz really needs to get out of isolation. Kaz needs to get out of isolation. I didn't, <laughs> oh, know, shit. I didn't know. I didn't put the big sandstorm face. I mean, it's right in back of me. I'm in its mouth, so that's got to go. be worth something, right? But it goes back to dryness again. <laughs> and you don't want dryness. Is that <laughs> you don't want the dry embrace of a lover. You want the moist embrace of a lover. Of a gooey lover. <laughs> Okay, I have an interesting topic to bring up, like uh, an idea, like or the or the argument of actors versus stuntmen. So Brandon Fraser died making this movie. Like during the hanging sequence in the prison, he legitimately stopped breathing and had to be resuscitated. That's fucked up, dude. What the fuck? Like so, that's this brings that's, the argument. that's like, bad work safety, dude. Exactly. Like, should we let actors keep doing this shit or should we let stuntmen just do their jobs? Because, like, as I'm reading this, like, and you kind of read more into Brendan Fraser's career, like, this dude had to have back surgery. Like, <laughs> he's broken multiple, like, his, like, hand, I think, multiple times. Yeah. Just, the fact that during a sequence where he was being hung in a prison, he legitimately died performing that stunt. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, that sh- that shit happens. I think it's just a bad production set, dude. Like, Linda Blair got back injury from the fucking Exorcist because of that bed scene where they have her, like, they have, like, a thing to, like, kind of push her up uh, to sitting position and then pull her back down. And they did that so many times that she has permanent back injury. There was a stunt double in one of the Resident Evil movies, and her face got, as they described, degloved because they decided at last minute to change the timing on a stunt. Like, that's just bad shit. You put a stunt double in there, and you might have killed the stunt double instead of Brendan Fraser. And you know what? I just learned something worse. The actor who played Benny sacrificed something even more. They had to do the take in the Egyptologist's office where they were like, where Benny was uh, roughing it up and everything to, like, find out information or find him or whatever he was doing. 
And they had to perform that scene so many times that he had bruises so bad on his nipples that they had to be iced. Oh, no, not the nipples. <laughs> I don't know why that like, had a bigger visceral reaction for me than like a man died on set from being hung to death. I was like, oh, you felt that very real pain. Of I know. Like, was being just ripped apart by Brendan Fraser's firm firm grip that's that's just a mad angry man taking it taking it out on this poor poor actor <laughs> it's like what, oh, what happened? your nipples i almost died <laughs> <laughs> feel it feel it feel it kevin uh actor's name was kevin o'connor so you had kevin o'connor playing benny and you had brendan fraser playing O'Connell. Yeah, right. <laughs> so not not that I need to linger on this much, but going back to this gooey man, when we're first introduced to him, he right, pops he, he pops out of the fucking sarcophagus making like this weird like like kind of a scream sound. And like uh Evie in the movie says, like, I hate it when they do that. Because another time when they showed in the intro, Jonathan, like she checks out, like a, uh, she hears some 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 noise in one of the rooms in the museum she's at, and as she's going, it makes this inhuman shriek that I can't possibly hope to re- uh, replicate. And then it turns out Jonathan was in the crypt next to it, and he just made the sound, I guess, and propped it up. Which brings me to my first point. All right, so <laughs> let's get this straight. All right, so Evie is working at a museum, and it is her honest to god worst day at the museum. She caused the destruction of an entire library after working on the S section of the alphabet alphabetized part of the library. All right. Yes. Like SETI, Seth, all that stuff. So <laughs> the yeah. whole library comes apart. It's bad. Who shows up? Jonathan, her brother. And what is Jonathan? First off, he produces this otherworldly scream of like the sense of legion of like hundreds of voices upon hundreds of voices where it's like, this is not right. What human can do this? This is not okay. But what else does he have? He has an actual legit item from a lost city known as the City of the Dead. And inside this item, which... Boom, out of nowhere, as soon as Evie touches it, which I guess we can put this in the idea of, like, the mummy, too, and, like, maybe her memories are slowly coming back because she's, like, the reincarnation of the pharaoh's daughter. Stay with me. I know this is crazy. Instantly figures out the key puzzle, and there's just a map to the city. What the fuck, Jonathan? Where'd you find this? I've got a lot of questions. He said he found it at some dig site or something. Yeah, he found it off of O'Connor. But, yeah, then... There How did go. he find the one man in all of Egypt that had an item from Hamanatra? How lucky can you be? How lucky, Jonathan? How lucky, Jonathan? I mean, how lucky O'Connell? He was almost hanged to death. But, but yeah, yeah, the inhuman scream is cool. weird. Everything's cool. O'Connell gets released from prison. Which I guess just shows the corruption of the Egyptian system or the influence of an outer source. Maybe a puppet master behind this behind the scenes. I mean that guy was Are offered you? a lot of money. It wasn't a lot. There was a lot of promises here. Okay, okay? yeah. There's promises with uh, a bunch of treasure. I mean, don't Aren't they fucking rich by the second movie from just a little bit they hauled away that Benny put on the camel? The fact that this prison, this prison warden was totally okay with just like, 
right, 25% of promised maybe treasure from a mystical city. And I have a paying job here that honestly pays me more than most jobs in this area. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got nothing. I don't, maybe there's influence. But influence. They do, they do oh, make out with a bunch of money, though. It, uh, you're right. You're right. And we'll come back to that. And he just but, gets eaten by a scarab and then he okay. bashes his head into a wall. How could someone so, you know, fool with money take such a risky investment? So risky. So risky. So then we get to the boat. All right, we get to this boat scene, okay? <laughs> and we meet these other Americans. We're on their way to Hominoptera. And Jonathan's already talking to him, getting to know him, getting to, like, a sense within the group. Like, a lot of camaraderie. It's pretty crazy so far. And... Uh-huh. Seems like it's reaching a bit. I think he just thinks he's a good gambler and can swindle Americans. <laughs> It's true. It's true. You'd think that. Except the boat gets attacked. And like you brought up, Americans instantly flip over table, dual wielding pistols. Everyone like has, you know, it, like the each each person's six chamber pistol holds 12 bullets. It's pretty incredible technology for that time. <laughs> And Jonathan, they're American. Um, they don't need to reload. And the key and the map, and somehow survives a trained killer, who is then set on fire, who still chases him down to his own death. Okay, Jonathan survives. Wait, Jonathan I mean, there's bullets raining everywhere. By the time he attacks him, he's already on fire. It's not like he had an advantage going against Jonathan. I'm just saying, man. Just saying. By the way, his face looked like they put like one of the like rejected mummy masks on him when he was on fire. Like, yeah, they probably were doing something so they could cover his face and so it wouldn't show that he had like Vaseline or something or whatever jelly they put to like not, you know, burn you. Uh, but yeah, like it looked like they put one of the like the rejected mummy masks on his face because he, like he's got like no eyes or at least they're, they're like sealed shut and he's just like walking around looks really goofy. What the fuck? You didn't notice? No. Or maybe it looked all weird and pixely when we were watching on Discord. Um, but, like, yeah, he's like, like, you know, before the guy comes out, Jonathan's looking at them in disgust going, Americans. Because, you know, they're first, they just take the first opportunity to start shooting some, some, some magi. And then all of a sudden he gets attacked by a weird flaming dude who is so committed to his job that he doesn't throw himself in the water to potentially save his life. He's committed to take someone out with him. So he goes for Jonathan. Yeah. But yet Jonathan is fine. Comes out unscathed. Well, he gets no saved not, by the not Americans. Even burn mark. Not even a burn mark. And he was there at the right place, right time, knowing who was there. Who was there to save him? The who Americans. He has <laughs> new friends and also new sacrifices for the greatest prank he was going to pull off. What's the prank? The summoning of Emotep. Okay. The raining down of curses. Because remember, Jonathan quotes the curses each time the curse happens. Just Does looking he? up. Just that one douchebag that always just has to say what's happening in the room. Like that one guy that always is laughing at his yeah. own joke before someone gets yes. the punchline. I don't know anyone like that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, let me see. So we get. I feel like I'm that type of person. I'm just like kind of like <laughs> blurting out my own insecurities, I guess. We, 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 
<laughs> we get to the uh we we get to Hamanatra. I think they're fighting over the dig site. Uh-huh. And then Evie tells them, yeah, let's go somewhere else. Because she has a little bit of insight, I guess, that they're not in the place that'll find some real good shit. So she gets them aside. Which Jonathan's totally fine with. Well, yeah, come on. That, that's not that's not approach. a count towards your, your approach. You're you know? grasping at straws, sir. Trickery in on these Americans. And actually, the Americans do find something. And they're all cursed for it. And then they're all one by one sacrificed. So Emotep rises to his full potential. Crazy. That's, that's more fortuitous, because if Jonathan had stayed there, he'd have been one of the greedy people who wanted to get one of the jars. Unless he knew. Ah, that part's grasping. I will say, Jonathan did know to search the dead guy who died from Scarab. He did know to find the Glen Livet uh, 12. Exactly. And then while drunk. What? I like drunk. alcohol. Don't look that at me night. like that. And while drunk, <laughs> totally kills like I think about three men firing wildly with a pistol while drinking at the same time. That's true. He does get like two or three people, doesn't he? Exactly. He's drunk and he's Jonathan, just kind of like right. this skill. You needed the Americans to save you, but in situations where and, you're drinking, like, totally fine. Real quick, it is established in the second one that he's an actual marksman. Uh, but he was drunk, man. And we're not he talking about the drunk. second one. That might have been. Th- that could have very well been them retconning. Like, oh, hey, why was he so good? Like, <laughs> because they knew I would be onto them. They what? knew I would be onto them. And he did have the good reflexes to not shoot Benny when he snuck up behind him to grab the booze. Exactly. It's, it's like he still needed oh. Benny for something to put the exactly. treasure on the. Ca- oh my god. <laughs> Benny had You're a purpose. Benny had a purpose. I need to see it. Okay, so if he was so in on it, how did he end up getting uh, hoodwinked by one of the scarabs where they was crawling into his skin? He didn't buy one of the scarabs. He picked it up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he got he got attacked by a scarab. You'd think he would know better if he was so smart and omniscient. <clears throat> He was keeping them on their toes. Ah, you got nothing for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, what he was doing was awakening the scarabs because he needed a large amount of them for um later purposes. What? No. Nah, nah I don't like that one. <laughs> what do you like? All right. You're just mad that I'm making sense here. Oh, I, I helped you make the connection with the with keeping Benny alive. Like, Don't tell me I didn't toss you a fucking golden egg right there. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously he did keep Benny alive. <laughs> like, come on. Anytime. Anytime Benny could have died. Just yeah. didn't. Well, Here's I mean, <laughs> Benny, I like to think Benny lived because of his excellent cowardice, which I am a big fan of the coward strategy. I mean, let's be real. His coward strategy is beautiful. Like, he has one of the best sequences ever when he's just pulling out all of the different necklaces. Oh, my God. I love that fucking scene. And he's just he's just uh, he's just uh, talking to Emotep, trying to plead with him or pray or pray to different gods. No, he's not pleading with Emotep. He's praying to different gods in different languages. And he grabs like, you know, the Star of David. He grabs an Ankh. He grabs all these different things. Oh, no, it's not till he grabs the Star of David. That's the last one where he speaks like uh, Hebrew or something. And then Emotep's just like, you speak the language of the slaves. You're going to be useful. <laughs> 
But like, yeah, but then, going through Chinese gods, uh, Christian gods, uh, uh, Muslim gods, just going through everything it could. That's a great fucking scene. <laughs> then, okay, so let's let's fast forward. He, Jonathan, not only says each plague as soon as they happened, just knowing what's going down, you know? They're uh, history buffs. I is, is somehow a, like, drunk marksman that is known for swindling and gambling, but has the finger grip strength to hold on to a plane while flying in a sandstorm? This yeah, man that- of what, like ninety-two pounds? <laughs> that that yes, thank you for the visual image. That that beautiful man <laughs> created with that just like I mean, you could see the sandstorm in the back of me. Yeah, look at that. Look at uh, but yeah. Uh, the strength of that man to hold on to that plane, especially with how turbulent it got, that is amazing. But then again, so did the Magi. I thought he was strapped But in. hey, that Magi is trained, you know, him. like, and is like, you can tell that man oh, doesn't yeah, okay. like... Uh, I want to input into- that maybe he was strapped in because he did need help getting out. The Magi or John- Jonathan? Both of them. Oh. They were they were strapped onto the wing of the plane. Oh, and they had that very cool, that very cool guy, uh, pilot man who just he just died in his sleep. But damn it, he died doing what he loved. Yeah, he was cool. We got to remember these great people. <laughs> Raise the glass to Captain Winston Havelock. There you go. Good old what's his, his mates. Good old what's his face. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and has to like keep pointing and just like okay, I gotta. Poke some holes here, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm li- willing to listen to your harebrained theory, but he's got a point, damn it. He what does if- have a point, and now I'm losing focus here because I'm just like, oh no, I am insane. None of this is real. The Matrix is going to reset soon. And so we transition to the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> So just now, we just finished watching The Matrix. <laughs> anyway, like, my harebrained scheme is all about how Jonathan is plot armor. is just too ridiculous that you can just poke it together that he is just the reincarnation of the trickster god Seth of the Egyptian religion. Because, yes, of course, of course, there's a god named Seth up there. Uh, <laughs> Seth no matter a- what happens in history, one religion had to name a god Seth. Seth is such a bland name for a god. It's hey, a beautiful name for a god because it means chase your dreams. If a man named Seth can be God, Kyle's out there. This, is, this is my this is my deity whom I worship and sacrifice for. His name is Todd. <laughs> oh my gosh, my Lord and Savior Devin. <laughs> Devin's oh. a great god, man. Devin just hits different, man. <laughs> Devin's just a chill god. Like he yeah. just seems to hang out, you know. Just, just like he's the type of god, like really, just before before anything. Devin's just asks, just, how Devin, are you doing? You know? Devin's a bit how of a paranoid you? god. It's like you know, you grab your keys, you're going out. Devin's like, where are you going? So, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going out, Devin. It's like, oh, what are you gonna do? You going with anyone? No, no, Devin. <laughs> you see another gods? Why would you think that, Devin? <laughs> All right, I've I've made a mockery of this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's just such weird, bland names you could just associate it with a guy you know, <laughs> named Seth. 
Or Todd. Or Devin. I love how Devin the God is just such a relatable character. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that relatable. For other people, it's just like, yeah, I've met a guy like that before. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, met a guy, sure. That, that's, that's good. I feel like I'm getting attacked now. Chad, <laughs> why would you hurt me like this? I'm going to call Devin, all right? He's not going to be cool with this. Devin knows where I stand. <laughs> so. Did you have a falling out with Devin that you want to talk about? Uh, I also, what I really, bringing it back to the mummy <laughs> and giant mouths, I do appreciate Brendan Fraser <laughs> screaming back at every mummy. Like he yeah. sees Emotep and Emotep just roars at him and he just looks back at Emotep and I guess because it's just one mummy and it's, it's just a weird dilapidated looking thing and he just yells back and goes, ah! <laughs> Whatever. And that does nothing, so he just shoots it. Which was probably, it was probably the shooting, not the yelling, I'll be honest. And then the same thing, uh, later on, Emotep summons, like, the, the three mummies, and they're just, they're, they're like, guardians, they ha- they're armed with weapons, they look a little bit more intimidating. Uh, Jonathan summons them, a.k.a. Reincarnation of Seth. Does he? No. Uh, yeah, you read, the, it was the uh, the opening cover of the Book of Life. But he right. didn't finish bell that's why emotep had control it wasn't until he said oh, the, like, okay and then he said a manifest oh, <laughs> uh, and then uh yeah you're right i guess he did son of, son of a bitch that's another tick in the column for your theory um but yeah then then uh he's like a he is an egyptologist that has studied the egyptian language they they, they come after him and, uh, and then Brendan Fraser just yells at him preemptively. He gets the first yell in because he's like, ah, see, they're trying to intimidate them. And then their mouths just open fucking wide as shit. And then he's just like, nope. He just runs. He just fucks off. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. That that was interesting because I remember when uh, The Mummy 3 was coming out. There's a There was a line in the trailer. I never saw the movie, but I did see the trailer. I never saw The Mummy 3 either. And uh, in the trailer, it was like his son's grown up and everything. It's just like, but has like summoned this Chinese emperor mummy. And um, they were just like, it was like Brendan Fraser's character. like, why didn't you call me? I've, I've dealt with this before. Like I have more experience than you. It's just like, oh, come on, dad. You've only fought one mummy. He's like, yeah, same mummy twice. And it was just like, well, you actually fought that mummy. And then like three or four mummy guards from the like palace guards and then you fought like even more mummies. And then in the mummy too, you did fight like undead monkeys. He stabbed. He's the one that stabbed the scorpion king. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, kid, why don't you call your dad? Like he actually does have some mummy killing experience. I'm sorry. Like, How many mummies have you killed, loser? Instead, you put a bracelet <laughs> on your arm and became a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, like straight up, dude. We had to save you. You had seven days to live. We had to get you to a pyramid like halfway across the world. Did you even do your homework? All right, we're getting off. <laughs> we're getting off. Yeah, we're getting into the <laughs> other movies. <laughs> oh, so uh, one thing we didn't address is we haven't talked about an ox in the moon like the whole time. And like, I gotta say, I gotta say to Emotep, like real rookie move. Now, I've never been in a tryst where I'm, I, I am the one pre- leading someone, you know, uh, I am, I don't know, what do you call it? The mistress? Sure. I'm, I have yeah. never been the mistress of a relationship. But rookie move number one is why would you smear the makeup man? You don't, she's got full <laughs> body paint. And then you're just you're, you're rubbing your gooey hands all over it. 
and then it smears, and then the king sentences you both to death. Yeah, it's one of those things where you should have treated it like a high school or like a middle school dance, like six inches apart, or like a foot apart, like hovering over, no touching. Like, all right, okay. Yeah, exactly. You do the hover hands until the makeup comes off. Because I'm assuming she doesn't wear the makeup 24-7, right? Like, that's just that's just exhausting, one. And then two, like, when the king's got to lay a hand, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> holy shit frizzly bear thank you very much for the gifted subs one uh, thing i want to talk about when it comes to the mummy as well why 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 do americans have to be the most obnoxious people in every movie even in movies made by americans because the group of americans you meet on the boat no matter when you meet them make the worst choices constantly every choice since the moment you meet them is the wrong choice first off the bat bet five hundred dollars that they're the first to make it to hominoptra they instantly lose that one okay they're wrong and they bet it on benny and having the horses like they bet then when they were on the they boat the jars from the uh box then they don't believe these people that know what's going on then they do believe and are tasked with guarding the girl and what do they do after that Hey, one guy's just like, all right, man, I'm going to go to the bar. And the other guy's just like, all right, cool. Get me a whiskey, a whiskey chaser, and a whiskey back. It's just like, what? <laughs> it's like, I've, look, trust me, man. I don't shoot straight unless I'm shit-faced. Like, I have to see I... in blurry to make it work. You know, it might be an American thing. I feel like that's more of they're the bad guys thing. Like, you know, the bad guys aren't going to win the bet. The bad guys are going to get the whole of the jars and then they're going to like, uh, they're going to be the ones that get like, you know, the cursed jars. And because, you know, we have to have our mummy be realized. We need someone to be the fool. But like, yeah. yeah uh, at this point, everybody was done with just like Indiana Jones, like German Nazis are the bad yeah, guys. And exactly. If you look at Indiana Jones as a subset, it's it's the bad guys doing it. It's not because, well, it's probably because bad guys are German also. But like, it's just, it's the bad guy thing to do. We got to have someone who's going to die, someone who's going to make the mistakes. And they can't win the bet against our good guys unless they cheated or something, which, you know, Benny was hitting him with the writing crop. Then fucking Bennett Fraser just throws him off the camel while they're moving <laughs> full speed. Hey, 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 he deserved it. Okay. I think we all know that. Because Brandon yeah. Fraser's hot and deserves to just do whatever he wants. No, not because he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's dick move. Like, let's, let's it's not. like I agree with you, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> but you're doing this for the wrong reasons. I think Zuni's question was a D&D question, so I'm It not... was a D&D &D okay. question. I'm, so, I'm just like... I think... We'll maybe come back to that towards the end or something. Yeah. <laughs> we already get too distracted as it is. We've talked about how many movies in this discussion for The Mummy? Hey, at least we talked to <laughs> about some Mummy movies. Which, by the way, guys, I want to point out, I was paying attention to this movie. At no point does O'Connell ever take off that leather bracelet that you see on his wrist that has the hidden Egyptian tattoo since he was a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes him the prophesized warrior in The Mummy 2. Which it's like, they gave me the part where Benny goes up to him and he's like, Hey, O'Connell, I thought you never believed in this stuff. And he's like, hey, I'm doing it because her. She saved my neck. Literally. He did. He should have said literally, but he didn't. And then, you know, O'Connell, you've always had more balls than brains, you know. But it's like, 
You don't believe this stuff, yet you've been marked with this weird Egyptian symbol since you were a fucking orphan, and you also happen to be the person who found the fucking Hamanoptera? Is this just coincidence to you? Yeah. But yeah. Pure coincidence. I was telling you, I think it worked today. This is a man that you obviously believe paid attention to all of his science classes and believes wholeheartedly in science. This man screams scientist. Oh my God. Are you going to get me ranting on Indiana Jones again now? (laughs) Like every fucking movie, he encounters magic in every fucking movie. He's like, I don't think magic exists. I don't. There's no proof of an existence of gods. Sir, you saw the whole, the, the, the fucking coven, Ark of the Covenant melt the face of Nazis. <laughs> it was just a gold box, man. Calm what down. are you talking about? Anyway, so yeah. You saw, you saw an ancient Indian cult <laughs> with the ability to rip people's hearts out. And they're still alive. They'll be alive. And, and like they even hypnotize you to the point to where you weren't even yourself. Nah, man. Science. Yeah, yeah I just don't believe any of that mumbo jumbo. You, you find the holy grail and bring your father back from the brink of death by pouring water on him. You poured water on his stomach wound and it was gone. Thus saving Sean Connery's life. Explain it to me. <laughs> and 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 then I guess I guess aliens was too far, Indy. <laughs> At that point he was like, I just don't want to believe. <laughs> he's the he's the anti Fox Mulder. <laughs> How would have Indiana Jones done in the mummy? <laughs> uh Do you think he would have just like packed up and just like, you know what, fuck this and come back to America? No, Indy would have had a thirst for adventure. Uh there was no snakes. Jonathan Def oh Jonathan, uh sorry, O'Connell definitely used the gun uh more than I think Indy would have, but he didn't have a bull whip, so I don't know. You know what? I think Andy would have done fine. Okay, but now we come back to the ultimate question. Would Nick Cage from National Treasure do fine? I don't think there's that much that's like puzzle based. Like you already had Evie for the figuring out the puzzles. I don't But I feel like Nicolas Cage, no matter which character he plays, is a character crazy enough to fight a living mummy. Oh, I was going to say, like, I don't know, him in National Treasure, I think he would have gotten away from the mummy. I don't think he would have tried to fight or confront the mummy. Or maybe he would have. But in a really cool way that got the mummy arrested by the FBI. Like, he would have figured out a (laughs) put. No, he would have figured out the puzzle to, like, solving, I guess, like, how to get rid of the mummy. But he still would have needed those those two Brits to, to read the book for him. <laughs> so he'd have been a great distraction. I think, you know, I think he would. He, he it, It's a coin toss for me. He could have done fine. He also might have died. Heads or tails, he lives or dies. Anyway, it's going to be fine. Like, he would have he would have read the inscription on the jar, like, on the box that held the jars, and he would have been like, no, we can't open this. It's too dangerous. So he wouldn't have been sacrificed through the jars. But I don't know that he would have won by, or survived or killed the mummy by the end. I think he would have nobly sacrificed himself to the mummy. Uh, you know, so for them to defeat the mummy, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, wait, is he on? Are you team pro mummy? Like, do I have to bring (laughs) up the gooey pictures again? Like, (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what, maybe that's what secured it though. Like, wouldn't you work for someone so beautifully gooey? 
Yes, I would have taken the Benny route because I'm a coward. <laughs> I would have absolutely <laughs> taken the like. I look because you're a coward, or because you look at him and be like, "Damn!" I'd have been like, "The end times are coming, son." Like I'm, I'm gonna try to be on the side that's gonna work for me the best, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of liking this game. What other movie heroes could potentially take on the Mummy and survive? I think Laura Croft's got a good shot. She's got, she's got a better shot, I think, than Indy because she's way more actiony than he is. You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> and, could Dom and his family from the Fast and Furious franchise take on the Mummy? They'd have been the bad guy Americans, I think. Like they, they'd, have, they'd have gone in there with a lot of piss and vinegar, and they would have tried, and they would not have succeeded. By the end of the movie, you would definitely think like the mummy was the good guy, right? Like, you you run him it. over with the car, and like that'll like slow him down. But like he's catching uh, Dom, he's taking his beautiful eyes. <laughs> okay, okay, I got I got one. I got a good one for you. Uh, Tom Hardy's Mad Max from Mad Max Fury Road. I think Tom Hardy's Mad Max needed a team, so or he needed help. So he has a team, technically. Okay, yeah, I guess if he has them, um, I think he would have been a noble sacrifice. I think think he falls under noble sacrifice. I think those, those, those. British kids, they make it out okay, but I think, and they remember Tom as a hero. I'm sorry, Mad Max is a hero. I don't think he makes it out, dude. Okay, okay, okay. So, Batman. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't want to go through the list. <laughs> so, an accident moon, like, fucking each shit, like, each time, like, they, they super, like, murdered her. Like, you, get, oh, yeah. you see oh, her yeah. get murderized to high hell as they stab the shit out of her, or you see they stab the shit out of her silhouette, um, or, her sh- yeah, her silhouette, and then uh, they try to do the thing to bring her back to life. They somewhat bring her back to life where she, like, gasps for breath, but then once again, these stealth guards, <laughs> Egyptian guards, somehow <laughs> snuck up on all of them, and it's like, right before he's ready to do the stab, they fucking like, right up to his neck with it. It's like, wow, they saw none of that. Like, no one has saw that coming. They're just so... They're just... They are the shadows. It's amazing. And so, like, yeah, the weird death theater thing just, like, kind of goes back into the water, which has to be the worst CGI in the movie. That shit looks like it was from, like, the Haunting reboot. Hey, Look, if my soul looks that good after thousands of years, I won't complain. Uh, I'm a complainer, sir. I will. (laughs) I mean, when you put it like that, okay. I'm like, I'm going to be a ghost looking at my fucking specter of a body going, what is this 2000 shit? (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, she gasped for life for a second and then back to dead and then we do this ritual where she comes back to life again but needs to kill evie to hey, like with hey, a knife hey. she survives for like five minutes all right she got five minutes this, i'm getting there so she <laughs> she comes back to life she has to sacrifice evie to finish this ritual with the sacred knife and all that stuff and then the guards fucking stab and murderize <laughs> the shit out of her again <laughs> She just looks at them and like her mummified self is like, oh, no, not again. And then they're just like, we know the routine. Stab, 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 stab. <laughs> it's, Look, basically the plot of the mummy. It's the, egregious, the moral, sir. The moral of the story is don't be a simp. This if, if you just if you just realize don't touch what's not yours. It wouldn't happen. All right. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, princess is just property, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's the logical conclusion from there. Huh? I mean, honestly, can we talk about how it's pretty fucked up that it's just like, yeah, Imhotep's evil, but it is one of those characters. Who's just like, I mean, the dude was in love, you and know? And she liked him back. She didn't like... And she loved him back. She and didn't it was like one the of pharaoh. Like, exactly, where you're just kind of in the end just like, should we feel good about this? <laughs> I mean, I'm all for them just being, like, young and in love, it's, you know? It's the modern-day Egyptian Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> We're two star-crossed lovers. <laughs> this is, like, the uh, the story of Emotep and Anox in the Moon is, like, what the, like, sixth grader or, like, the ninth grader turns into, like, their English literature class while reading Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> no, not not. This is like high school shit. This is like me writing a fanfic on Tumblr, and then they become eternal mummies together. <laughs> they love each other. This is fanfic that I would buy on Amazon. Was she basically a concubine enslaved and forced to love him? Uh, case too that like yeah, Anox and the Moon did not want to be in the position she was in. So technically, like yeah. it's one of those things where like. Oh, just a bad situation. Just a horrible situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically a, 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 a range or forced marriage. So, yeah, it falls under that. Oh, Drano. Drano's putting down the love for you right now, Kaz. I want to be eternal mummies with you, Kaz. <laughs> Only in my Tumblr fan fiction, sir. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I think we should about wrap this up here. <sighs> I guess we have to ask the question. So, did you like it? I fucking loved it. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's great. It's just, even if it's just popcorn action, you can come back to this movie. You can watch it with friends. You can watch it by yourself. Watch it while you're drunk. You're going to have a good time. At least you, I, and Sarah agree. It's a comfort movie. You it come back to it and you're like, yeah, this is just, this is just safe. This is, this feels, this feels warm. <laughs> <laughs> this is that movie that wraps around you like a nice warm blanket and you're just like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I run too hot. I need me someone cold. <laughs> <laughs> I need me a frigid woman who is practically a mummy herself. So that's that's going to about do it for us here. Uh. <laughs> Don't let that be my last note. Oh.